Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams and VoiceOver Insider Editor Gary McFadden. I'm so glad you tuned in to our VoiceOver Insider Podcasts, where we bring VoiceOver Insider information directly to you. You can sign up to be notified every time we've got a new free podcast or other insider information regarding voiceovers at voiceoverinsider.com. I'm Julie Williams. Dave Benoy has been a preeminent voice working in Los Angeles since 1990 and one of the most versatile voices in the industry, providing voices for commercials, narrations, TV promos, award shows, animation, and games. His promo clients over the years include Hulu.com, ABC, the WB, Fox, CBS, Showtime, Stars, ESPN, also the Disney Channel, and TV One. His campaign spokes voice credits um, include Lexus and McDonald's, Corona Beer, Toyota, and AT&T, just to name a few. Gamers enjoy his work on StarCraft II, Metal Gear, That's So Raven, Ultimate Spider-Man, Delta Force, Star Wars, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, and many others. Uh, narration credits, you've heard him, I know, on uh, programs for National Geographic, Disney Channel, and Science Channel's popular series, When Earth Erupts. And his various film voices include Ghost Rider, Happy Feet, and King's Ransom. But that's not all. <laughs> He's also proven to be a cartoon favorite in such series as LeBron, Kim Possible, Ben 10, Darkwing Duck, New Kids on the Block, Pro Stars, Johnny Quest, and Sonic the Hedgehog. But to add to that, <laughs> you do it all, Dave. Um, <laughs> he has been the show voice for several TV and award shows, uh, among them Late Night with Greg Kinnear, the Billboard Music Awards, the Teen Choice Awards, Cedric the Entertainer Presents, and for the past 15 years, the NAACP Image Awards. So, um, uh, Dave, it's an honor to have you join us. And my guess is that with all those credits, you're the kind of, uh, you're kind of like me in that if somebody says, what have you done lately? You're like, uh, let me look at my appointment book. Yeah, it's it's true, and and I bet uh, you also have the thing where you're, you're talking to a civilian, in this case being somebody not in the voiceover business, and, oh, what are you doing? Oh, well, I've got an audition, and then you talk to them a week later, so how did that audition go? <laughs> and I usually don't remember what the audition was, but my standard answer now is, well, if I booked it, it was great. <laughs> I'll go, I'll give, a, when I come across good scripts, whether they're jobs I've done or uh, auditions that I've seen that are great scripts, I will take them and use them with my students to help the voiceover students, right? And then I'm like, okay, this is either a job I did or auditioned for. I don't remember if I just auditioned or if I actually landed the job, but the script was great. It's hard to remember from one thing to the next. You are an expert in so many genres, but Today, we're going to focus on video games. Okay. So, first of all, uh, does somebody need to live in L.A. to land good video game work? Well, actually, no. I think the best work is still here, uh, but folks up in San Francisco uh, are doing very well with uh, some of the companies up there. Uh, Austin, Texas has a uh, thriving game business and it actually is an international business it's all over the world and right now there are more game companies that are non-union than union now that's changing uh more and more of the larger game companies are going union because uh they need better actors uh the people who are gamers have gotten older over the years uh they're more sophisticated they want uh 
better story, better actors. So um, you don't have to be in L.A. Eventually, if uh, you're finding some success, you might want to come here. But you can do it from anywhere, especially with the technology we have now. So do you do it mostly from your home studio or do you go in and maybe work with uh, other actors at a, a local studio? Probably... 80% of what I do, I do at a studio other than my own, um, but I do about 20% uh, here, and that's for games around the world. When you are at another studio, are you typically interacting with other, um, uh, other casts that are in the video game? You are almost never interacting with other casts. It's it's 99 and 44, 100% just you by yourself and whoever is directing you and the engineer. Uh, however, that said, uh, a couple of months ago, I did a session with about 50 other game voices. Uh, Blizzard brought us in to do Walla for uh, Worlds of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the most amazing thing uh, over at LA Studios. And if if a bomb had gone on and gone off in that room, uh, well, there'd be a lot of available jobs. So there were actually 50 people right there in that one session. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It must have been great to feed off each other like that. Yeah, well, you know, we're doing the Walla thing. So it's it's the groups and grunts of uh, the various tribes that inhabit the world of Worlds of Warcraft. And, uh, you know, cheering and not cheering. And... When you think about it, it makes a lot more sense than them bringing every actor in. Okay, I want you to give me some cheers. And now we have to put all these uh, various people together. No, let's just get them all in one room. Everybody cheer. Everybody boo. Everybody laugh. Everybody feel like uh, act like you're uh, getting killed. So uh, uh, it gave them a whole book of things to use throughout uh, the next few years of games. A number of our listeners are folks who have never done a video game, maybe have played them, but have never actually voiced a video game and would love to get into this. What kinds of skills are needed for interactive gaming as opposed to a lot of the other voiceovers you do? Well, um, acting, uh, I think, first and foremost. Uh, now, once you can act... Uh, if you can do some accents, that would be a wonderful thing. That would be something that they would like uh, a lot. Um, and uh, uh, have a strong voice because uh, you're going to need it for, uh, you know, you're going to get hit and you're going to hit and you're going to have the small hit, the medium hit, the big hit. You're going to get killed and you're going to have the short death, the long, long, short, medium death, the long death, the painful death, uh, <laughs> the battle screams. It, I mean, there, there's a whole uh, course you could give on noises from games. Wow. Um, I noticed in a photo on your website where you look kind of like a, a not a photo, but a graphic. You look kind of like a Klingon, but it's you. Um <laughs> Is that a character you played? I mean, I don't see Star Trek on there. And if so, did they create the character to look like you? You know what? I'm not sure which picture that is. Um, it's the uh, one just to the right, the second one from the left. Uh, on my what? On my website? Yes. Oh, uh, oh, uh, no! That was a character I played. Okay. That was a character I played. Well, I'll tell you yeah. what. That character sure looked a lot like you. And it's that's from uh, Worlds of Starcraft. Uh, a character Gabriel Tosh, and he's got dreadlocks like I do. So. And his nose is the same as yours is. Well, you know, 
You know, his complexion's a lot darker, but... He also has that beautiful nose. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought maybe they created this character to look like you, knowing that they were going to cast you in it. Well, you know what? I wish that was the case. (laughs) I wish there were game companies out there saying, you know what, let's make this character look like Dave Fenoise, because we're going to cast him. But uh, I auditioned for that part, like everybody else, and that just happened to be what the character looked like. Do you get a lot of repeat business in interactive gaming? Uh, I do. Um, there are several companies that I work for uh, fairly regularly. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Are I there do. any conflicts within this genre? Or do people not really notice you enough to have it as a conflict? Well, you know what? That's the first time anybody's ever asked me that. I, I don't think there really are. Uh, it's, I think you liken. Uh, voice actors who do games more like TV or movie actors. And just because you're in a Paramount film doesn't mean you can't be in a Fox film. Uh Do people get to know who you are or just who your character is? uh, That's a good question. You you mean players of the game or the people who you're working with? Like players of the game, do you develop a following among players of the game or do, like, say, anime stars do, or do they just really not care? That is happening now. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, since the Walking Dead game, uh, I played Lee Everett, and the game won about 100 Game of the Year awards. I won a number of awards and was nominated uh, for Best Voice, got a, a BAFTA nomination, uh, British Academy of Film and Television Arts, would, got to go to London. Because of that notoriety, um, there are gamers uh, who have become fans. I send out uh, 10 or 12 uh, autographs a week. Uh, I'm going to conventions now to take pictures with people and sign autographs and uh, sit on panels and talk about the work I do. So that is developing. And when you look at what the game industry is now, uh, it's bigger than movies and music combined. Mm-hmm. There's never been a movie that made a billion dollars in a day and a half. We Whoa. had three games last year that did. And so what kind of um, pay does it pay, if I can ask, it's probably union scale, so you could probably tell me, what what kind of pay do um, the actors in the video games get? Well, a uh, session right now is running uh, between eight and $900. Uh, there are some of us who are fortunate to get uh, double scale for things. Um, but the, the sad part about the gaming industry right now is there are no residuals. There's mm-hmm. no formula for paying you more or again, uh, as there is with every other acting genre. If you've got a commercial that runs more than a certain amount of time, you get paid again. If you're in a TV show and it goes uh, into syndication, you get paid again. Uh, If you're in a movie, you get residuals. Everything else pays residuals except games. But we're hoping... uh, that that's going to change uh, within the next couple of years. Now, they can't use your uh, voice of your character, um, some lines from that in, like, say, game one, um, again, when they do game two, can they? That does sometimes happen, and uh, often you get paid for that, uh, but it really right now is up to the honesty of the game producers, and most of them are pretty good about doing that. Uh, I've had a couple of games that have been on that got a call from my agent to go, oh yeah, we're sending you a check for X amount of dollars. Uh, they're, you know, reusing some of your lines in the new uh, edition of this game. And so we're just going to pay you again. Cool. I know this I is a, say, uh, 
a tough question. You're not going to be able to answer this this right now. It could probably take an hour. So we're going to talk about it again in the upcoming webinar that you're doing with me on October 14th. But how is an interactive gaming demo structured? It's more like an animation. Uh, you, you have to do a variety of uh, the kinds of characters and voices you do in a limited amount of time. And uh, right about now, uh, about a minute is the length of a an audio demo. If in fact you've been on enough games that you can put a video demo t together, you might be able to get away with two minutes. Mm -hmm. And are these typically um, segments of what you've done, or can a beginner actually get away with a good demo of obviously stuff they haven't done? Beginners always going to have to be able to get away with a good demo of things that they've made up. Of course, um, that's just the way it is, and. You have to realize as a beginner that your competition are all the people who are out there actually working and their real demos. So you have to find the right producer that can not only capture your talent, uh, but put it together in such a way and edit it and mix it in such a way that it sounds like, yeah, I think I've heard this guy <laughs> or gal, you know? Uh -huh. I'm Julie Williams with Dave Fenoy on a VoiceOver Insider exclusive. Dave, do you have any final comments you'd like to add? Wow. Um, thank you for having me on, Julie. I'm always honored uh, that uh, people think highly enough of me and my work uh, to ask me questions. You know, and, I think uh, highly enough of you that you are our very first guest. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. I really am honored. Thank you. Um, you know, when you get into voiceover, or when I got into voiceover, I can't speak for everybody, I, I think what I really wanted was just to be able to work and make a decent living. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've had so many more rewards than that, uh, so much more than just uh, a decent living uh, doing something I love. Uh, when you discover yourself in a place where you're enjoying the respect and caring of your peers and the people who listen to your work. Uh, it doesn't get any better than that. Doing what you love. That's awesome. Well, Dave, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today. Julie, thank you so much. And thank you for what you do uh, for all those folks out there that are trying to get into business. You know, as, as sharing is caring. And now the McFadden Minute. Thanks, Larry Wayne. Hi, this is Gary McFadden. Some people have asked, why does Julie get 12 or 15 minutes of the podcast time and you get just a minute? Simple. Julie has more than 30 years in the voiceover business, starting in radio and moving to full-time voiceover just before I started working with her in 2011. Me? I've got about two years of voicing behind me and three or four regular clients compared to Julie's extensive client list. So, in terms of the time split, you can do the math, although I think it requires algebra. The simple fact is, I'm a newbie, but being a newbie gives me a different perspective on the business. So, each edition of the VoiceOver Insider podcast, I'll be sharing quick observations, tips, and tricks I'm learning as I become more involved in VoiceOver. Whoops, looks like my minute's about up. I gotta go.
You've been listening to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast with Julie Williams. Be sure to join us next week for more VoiceOver Insider information and another edition of the McFadden Minute.